Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Uh, throughout COVID-19, there have been many, many issues that we've all had to deal with, obviously, from uh, social distancing to uh, washing our hands more to being more careful with uh, who we come in contact with, when and how. One of the interesting sort of unintended consequences has been the one on our natural environment. And we have seen some changes. We've seen uh, clearer water in Venice. We've seen uh, the uh, clearer air in Delhi and different places. Uh, and joining me on the line now is uh, Professor Ben Horton, who is the chair of the Asian School of the Environment at Nanyang Technological University, to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, ben, hello and welcome to the show. Good morning. Ben, what have we seen uh, in terms of, of at least initial impact uh, on our environment around us? What are the kinds of things that you're seeing uh, looking at these issues uh, every day? Well, I think obviously the decrease in industrial activity, the decrease in traffic, be it cars, aeroplanes, has reduced the impact that humans have on the environment. And we've seen noticeable improvements in air pollution. I would say that that is the clearest documentation of a change in our environment. So we've seen drastic um, decreases in certain gases such as nitrous dioxide. So in China, it shows in, in the areas around Beijing that we have around a 40% decrease in the concentration of nitrous dioxide this year compared to the previous year. A further study done by NASA looking at New York City shows a, a similar decrease of around 30%. There, there, there also have been sort of anecdotal accounts of changes in wildlife patterns, um, the appearance of wildlife in areas that you wouldn't normally expect. Yes, there have been, I would agree with that, there have been changes, particularly in the marine environment, that um, fish, mammals are swimming closer to the shore because they're not put off by marine traffic. So we've seen orca whales closer to the Californian shore. We've seen dolphins within Venice. But I would also put a caveat to this. I mean, everyone with the COVID crisis is exceedingly concerned. So we're always trying to look at silver linings. You can see this for our renewed love of the essential services such as health professionals. And therefore, I think we're also clinging to the fact that the environment is improving. But you need to place that in context. You know, the 20th century in environmental terms has been created, has been defined as the sixth greatest extinction, with the extinction in the 20th century a 100 times more than it would have been without human activities. So I think that's something to, when we talk about this, it's a very small optic in environmental change on a background of terrible environmental disasters in the 20th and 21st century, which I believe led in some ways to the COVID crisis. I couldn't agree more. We're talking with Professor Benjamin Horton. Uh, ben, as someone who's you know not in your league, but I'm a, I'm a sort of amateur environmentalist, just an environment advocate, I'm trying to focus on the positives. But I, I, I understand where you're coming from, that this could just be a, a stopgap measure. However, just looking at the Straits Times today, they focused on Thailand. You may have seen it. Apparently, 31 dugongs have been spotted in a rare area of the southern province of Trang, 50 
black tip reef sharks in Krabi. Of course, Krabi is a popular beach resort in Thailand. Record numbers of leatherback turtles uh, across Thailand. And, and what was more pleasing, um, a langa family has been spotted in one of the national parks. Obviously, an endangered species, the raffles banded langa. There's only 40, or six, 40 to 60 left in Singapore, an animal that's very close to my heart. My broader point about all those numbers is I agree with you completely. It's a short-term thing. We, sh- we must understand that it could go back to normal. All I would hope, though, is when people see these photographs, read these statistics, listen to guys like yourself, is there a possibility for more long-term systemic change after this? Well, I think that that, that message needs to be loud and clear, whether it is for certain individuals because they have a love for wildlife and they see them closer to shore or within urban areas and gives you a greater connection to the natural environment. But, I mean, you know, if we think about the COVID-19 pandemic, it's driven out of, you know, how in the 20th century, hunting, farming, global movement of people to the cities has led to these massive declines of biodiversity and therefore has increased the risk of dangerous viruses spilling over from animals to humans. And so when we come out of the crisis, obviously what we're doing right now is trying to um, contain the spread of the pandemic and ultimately look for the vaccines. But in the longer term, given that new viruses and infectious diseases will continually happen, we have to change the way that we live. Mm. You know, we have to really think about the way humankind views its place on planet Earth and the environmental crisis that we are facing. And before COVID-19, the big environmental crisis was climate change. I mean, I believe that humans cannot continue to think that they can exploit everything on Earth for their own benefit, regardless of the consequences. I mean, I believe that you can have a healthy planet, healthy people, and a healthy environment. But we have to have changes in the way that we work and live. And this comes from rich and poor societies. It comes from all countries and all cultures. I mean, we can see this with COVID-19. It doesn't matter whether you are rich or poor. It doesn't matter if we think about the U.S., whether you're Democrat or Republican. This virus can kill you. Mm. But on that point, uh, Ben, you're speaking to a, a proud 20-year vegetarian here, so you're, you're speaking to the uh, converted in my case. But as you know, in this part of the world and more broadly, eating habits, cultural habits, they're very sensitive red-button issues. Even the two words, wet market, can generate a huge emotional debate right now. So do you feel that that's the next obstacle to clear, that we also have to look at ways that we can change long-standing eating, cultural, dining habits moving forward. Well, I think COVID-19 is an indication of the complex, connected, modern life that we live. And it affects a disease occurrence from um, health and safety standards moving through to the spread of the disease. I mean, initially, this is due to overcrowding. It's due to the rapid movement of people to urban areas. It's then linked by our travel with business and leisure. And maybe after this virus, we will think of more ways to 
remain at home instead of constantly getting on aeroplanes. You know, and as a result of this, because of the interconnected of our, our world, our diseases from outbreaks became epidemics and then quickly became pandemics. Then, the, then governments were understandably reluctant to take emergency measures to contain the disease. And all of these aspects of human activity are the same as the climate emergency. Mm. Indeed, you could think of COVID-19 to be another example of how we live unsustainably in human civilization. So after, the, after we've got over this emergency of the pandemic, we need to think of wider social factors to make sure, although these events are going to happen again, that they don't happen, happen with such severity. And I truly believe that previously we didn't consider the natural ecosystem. We didn't value beyond the economic resource that it may provide, for example, in petroleum or in food stocks. We didn't see about what the intrinsic value of the natural environment is and how important it is for human health. I mean, we must remember, you know, the biosphere is a vast interconnected array of microbes, plants, animals. They all coexist in a dynamic but stable ecosystem. We also must remember that there have always been viruses. Hmm. Humans and viruses have co-evolved. There's sort of an arms race going on that's been existing for tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of years. Have viruses have infected human cells, so the cell defense systems become stronger and vice versa. And for millennia, these forces have been in balance, but now they are not, and we need to correct that balance Otherwise, these diseases are going to become pandemics again and again. Ben, we just have a, a, a short minute left, unfortunately, in this, and we could talk all day about this. Uh, uh, it's fascinating, your perspective and your experience. But do you feel like when we eventually come out, by the time we come out of this uh, pandemic, that there will be the intelligence and the political will to make long-standing changes that, that need to be made on some level, maybe not 100%, but at some level? Well, I mean, I think you've got to have that hope. I mean, you know, I, I've been studying climate science for 25 years, and you would think after studying a topic that although the scientists have been talking about the dangers of climate change since the 1990s and nothing really has been done, there has been a Paris Agreement signed, but really we've not seen governments do the level of action that we want, that you'd think I'd be a pessimist. But I work in a university, and I work in a university surrounded by young, bright people. We have the most technologically advanced workforce that we've ever had. We have social awareness because of the internet, unlike anything before. So you have to hope that an event like this jolts public psyche, their consciousness. You know, we have to change our goals and motivations and ambitions. Uh, you know, I think that maybe I'm t talking to the converted and many of your listeners are like this, but you, we need to, you know, reject the negative forces of populism, privilege and greed and extremism. You know, we need to think about creativity and innovation. And then the other thing I would like to say is that the answer to COVID-19 is science. Someone's going to develop a vaccine. Mm. That's going to be a scientist. Do want to thank you so much for, for being on today. Hope to have you on again. 
to listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.